I have a message today that's heavy on my heart. It's called Faith at the Cross. Faith at the Cross. Anytime we mention the cross, we know that suffering is involved. You know, commitment, endurance, these kinds of things when we mention the cross. Christianity is suffering today. It's full of entertainment. It's full of all sorts of things, but the humility of Christ and his suffering. We need to remember that. Of course, it's a positive message also, isn't it? Hallelujah. Because after suffering, there's what? Salvation and eternal life. The message today is about faith. Not so much about confessing it, but about walking in it. It's easy to confess it, but it's difficult to walk in it. So we want to consider the faith that shadowed the cross of Jesus. Mostly it sounds like an Easter message, but it's something that the Lord laid on my heart. Jesus didn't say, I confess that I don't have to suffer. He didn't say... uh, I demand that you take away this suffering, but what did he say? He said, not my will. Not what I want, but thy will be done. I believe that that message is missing in Christianity today. It's all about what we want and not what God wants for our lives. So as we consider this, we're going to consider the cross I know everyone knows about the cross. I know we've read about the cross. I know we understand the suffering of the cross. But let's look at the faith of Christ as he hung on the cross. Hebrews 2.9, I'd love you to take your Bibles. There's Bibles in the pews. I'd love you to read this because uh, I want us to see the Word of God. I want the Word of God to not only be heard but to be seen this morning, Hebrews 2.9, we see Jesus who is made a little lower than the angels. And why? Why was he made lower than the angels? For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for everyone. I could just add a sila there. Jesus t- t- tasted death for us. You know, our plan is not always his plan. I like my plans, church. I like my plans to work. I like them to be effective. I like everything to be exactly like I want it. But we have to come to a cross, a crossing that says, not my will, but thine be done. And when we say that, it is not always what we want. But God's plan is perfect. James 5.10 says, Take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord. Take them for an example of suffering affliction. Why am I talking about this today? Because there is so much affliction in our world. And there is suffering. And suffering without Christ is unbearable. And the scripture says, Suffering and affliction of patience. Behold, we count them happy 
which endure. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not really happy when I'm enduring. You know, but the Word of God says that those brethren that suffered for the cause of the kingdom, they were happy in their endurance. And I thought about that this week, and I thought, I need to try to practice that. But notice I said try. We need to try to practice when we're enduring a hardship, the joy of the Lord. You have heard of the patience of Job. You have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is full of tender mercy. God inspired Peter in First Peter, the second chapter, 20th verse. He said, for now, this is important, church. What is glory is it if we are buffeted for our faults? In other words, if we deserve it, if we did something to cause us to suffer. You know, it says, but if we are buffeted for our faults, you know, we need to just take it patiently because we deserve it. But the scripture says, if when you do well, when you do what you know to do that's right, and when you give to God, and when you honor God, and when you work for God, and when you do those things that you want to glorify God, if when you do well and you suffer. (laughs) Take it patiently, because that's acceptable to God. For even unto that were ye called, because Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Today, Christianity seems to not want to follow in his steps. You know, we know that John followed his steps. We know that Peter betrayed him. Peter denied him. And we know that the disciples went away and hid. I like to hide sometimes. God, help us have the faith of the cross. You know, have you ever sincerely felt forsaken? Have you been mocked for your stand for Christ? You know, we really don't suffer the persecution today that they do in the third world. In the third world, they they can be uh, mutilated on the way to church. But, you know, we just get in our cars and get our coffee and go to church and and just, you know, where everything is fine. But there will be a day when we will have to go through these trials and tribulations because we have to take up our cross. Matthew twenty seven forty six. it was about the ninth hour. Everybody knows this passage of Scripture. And Jesus cried with a loud voice, and he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Now look at this passage of Scripture. Then the Bible says, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, controversy rages. I looked in the commentaries everywhere, and they just raged about, what the language that Jesus spoke here. You know, some say it was Hebrew. Some say it was Sarek. Others say it's Aramaic. One thing is certain, that no one near the cross seemed to understand, you know, what Jesus said in this language. 
Now, saints, I've got a revelation today. Could it be that he spoke in tongues? And he was calling on the power of the Holy Ghost to sustain him in his suffering. You know, the Bible says that there was people from all nations there watching this. Somebody in some language should have understood. The Holy Spirit understands that language. Well, that's not written. That's not a doctrine, church. It's a thought. It's a revelation because Mark eleven thirteen says that the, when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, for it is not ye that speak but the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is powerful. Something had to sustain Jesus in his flesh, in his suffering. On the cross. And I believe it was the power. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. That sustained him. You know because he cried on God. And he said my God my God. Why hast thou forsaken me. And I know that in our Christian walk. We have had experiences. Where we have felt forsaken. And I just want to say to the church today. That we need that power of the Holy Ghost. In our life. You know, because the enemy is out to rob, kill, and steal, and you know that. He is out to torment us and take away our joy. But, you know, if we can have joy in the midst of endurance, it will not be our joy. It will be the power of the Holy Spirit's joy moving in us because we are more joyful in our eternal life than we are in the fleshly life. But I don't know about you, but I like the fleshly life. You know, I like to be alive. I like to experience things. I like to do my own thing sometimes. But we need the power and the anointing of God to guide us and to lead us and to bring us into his will so that we can endure and bear the cross. Can we ever comprehend the idea of the faith that was in the heart of Christ when he hung on the cross? Because how hard is it for us in the midst of our suffering or our disappointment or our heartache or our trial? How difficult is it for us to hang in there and have faith to believe that God will see us through? There's been a lot of teachings on faith. Faith is enduring, church. Faith is walking through your difficulty with your trust in God that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And somehow you will get through this difficulty as you trust in the Lord. So it it kind of overwhelms me when we just stand back and look at the cross and see the suffering of Christ and know that what held him there was the faith of his father. He had faith in his father that he would bring him through triumphant. You know we understand what faith is. Faith is something that we don't see, something that we hope for, and that was Christ on the cross. For a moment in the flesh did he see what would be the end, but the end was our eternal salvation. You know, we have to have that kind of faith that will take us through 
the endurance of the cross that God asked us to bear. You know, John stood faithfully at the cross. The other disciples were fearful. They never heard the message of Christ. He wasn't called John the Beloved just because he was John the Beloved. He was called John the Beloved because he trusted in his Lord to the point that he would follow him to the cross. God is calling the church of Jesus Christ today to follow him to the cross. If you see the happenings in our government, if you see the happenings in our world, you understand that things are coming to a close, that Jesus is preparing to send for his church. One way or the other, through death, through life, it's going to come. And we need to know that God's preparation is in order. John came faithfully. He followed faithfully Jesus to the foot of the cross. They were persecuting Christians, but he came and he stood faithfully at the foot of the cross with Jesus' mother. And they stood there. And Jesus had the faith to look down at John and say, John, take care of my mother. He knew and trusted that John would do what he asked. And I want to ask the church today, if the Lord looks down from his cross and from his throne of heaven and he looks at us, can he trust us to do what he asks us to do? He has given us a road map, the word of God, and he asks us to follow him and to faithfully embrace his word. You know, Peter denied him. Peter couldn't go all the way. And sometimes we have that moment in our life when we can't go all the way. And we may fail. But, you know, the grace and the power and the faith of God that he gave through Christ into us for eternal life, we can go on. The point is we must go on. The point is we must grab ourselves by the straps of our boots and move forward, trusting that he will guide us. You know, he will help us in danger. Sometimes we think this world is full of danger. It is full of danger. You know, they want to blot out everything about Christianity. Do you understand the sins that are being incorporated in our world and in our society and in our leadership? All those things are against the holiness and the power and the righteousness of the church of Jesus Christ. So all of this is growing and being more powerful. And saints, we have to endure the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's probable that each of us at some time or other have fell beneath the load. That we just sort of fell across our bed and said, God, help me. And he has never failed us. Because look, here we are in his presence, worshiping him in our right mind. Perhaps we sought some mechanism or some, some place to hide or some place to escape the crisis because we are overwhelmed at the difficulties. But I hear the words of Jesus, take up thy cross and follow me. Perhaps we at moments have felt our cross was too heavy, you know, and we couldn't go another step. And again, we have an example in Christ that he has made so clear to me today. We see his faith holding all the way up Galgotha's hill. 
sometimes in the movies, they show Jesus falling beneath the cross, but the Bible doesn't say he fell at all. The Bible says that they came out, Jesus came out with the soldiers and multitudes of people, and the Bible says they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and they compelled him to bear Jesus' cross. Why am I talking about this this morning? Could this be an example for us that it is called upon us to bear the cross of Christ, to bear the cross of salvation? You know, in this darkened world, we need to have the light of Christ in us. And it's our responsibility as we hear Jesus say, come, follow me, take up your cross and follow me. And so it was that that very example of Jesus' path to the cross, someone took up their burden. Simon of Cyrene took up the cross and bore it for him. Simon finished carrying the cross. Now it's our turn to carry the cross of Christ. Do you feel the weight of the cross? Or do you feel the weight of your circumstances? Because your circumstances is the cross if you bear it for Christ and if you follow through. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, He bears our griefs. He carries our burdens because of the faith of the cross. I don't know. We've looked at the cross every Easter for 30 years here as I've pastored. But I never saw the faith of Christ like I see it today because this is an hour in which we need to muster up the faith of Christ in our life and believe and trust him and become to be a beacon, not just a light, but a beacon for the cause of Christ because we need to bear the cross of salvation. The Bible says he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. What does this mean, the chastisement of his peace was upon us? It means that Jesus was punished severely that we might have peace. And yet, Christians today do not have the peace that they need in Christ. We need the peace that passes all understanding. I don't know why this difficulty is here. I don't know why this pain is here. I don't know why this disappointment is here. I don't know why. But there's a peace of Christ that passes all understanding if we can endure in Christ. Jesus' faith was in the Father's plan. I asked the church today, Is our faith in God? Is our faith in his plan? Are we willing to say, not my will, but thine be done? What faith Jesus had as he looked at the the fellow on the cross beside him. And what did he say to him? Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Never once Did he doubt in his pain and the driving of the nails and the pushing of the crown of thorns? Never once in those things did he think, could this be the will of my father? 
he knew the will of his father. He knew that in his suffering there would be an end. And in our suffering, we will prove ourselves and there will be an end. There will be a crown of glory and we will see that the righteousness are not forsaken. Verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He knew where he was headed. He knew that no grave could hold him. It is written, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. This is written. It says, we must not faint, but even in our outward, even if our outward man perishes, our inner man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us what? A far more exceedingly eternal weight of glory. If you have an affliction today, the Lord is working a weight of glory in you. Now, I tell you, church, I don't like affliction. I I don't like it. But it's a proving ground. It's something that molds us, makes us, shapes us for the glory of God. Church, we need to consider our faith today. How strong is our faith? Will our faith take us through the test of time? Will our faith take us through the, the things that seem so obstinate to our flesh? Will our faith take us through? I tell you of the truth, there comes a time when you just have to stand strong. You can't see it before you. You can't see behind you. You're just there. And you have to know that this is the day that God will be for you and he will bring you through. Because Jesus gave himself into the Father's hands. Now, church, we do that often, I think, if you're a born-again believing saint of God. You say, well, God, take this away or I give this to you. But we have to be more serious about that. Because when Jesus was at the point of great suffering, when he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? His next words was, Into thy hands I commend my spirit. So are we willing to commend our spirit, our flesh, and everything that we desire into the hands of the Lord? And if we are, are we willing to wait to see what God's end is for us? This is not a game, church. This is not television. This is not entertainment. This is the plan of God for his people. And he has a plan for every one of us. And he's working his plan in our life. And we have to know that we have to have faith to stand strong. Jesus had the faith of God to hang on the cross and follow through and endure and prophesied to the person next to him that he had the faith that he would be in paradise with his father. What is the end of Jesus' suffering? Let's look at the end. Let's not look at the suffering. Let's look at the end. What was the end of Job? He had more than when he began. And what was the end of Christ? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's forgiving us, and we have eternal salvation. Saints, some of us have been saved for all of our life, and we sometimes take our salvation for granted. 
But that was the end of Christ's suffering. We have eternal life because he endured and suffered for us. Matthew 27, 55, here's what the end of Christ was. The Bible says the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Jesus secured the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he opened the pathway into the throne of God that we can come boldly into his presence and worship him. We don't have to go through anybody. We don't have to know that we can call some powerful preacher, but we can come boldly into the presence of God because he suffered and because his faith held him to the cross that he might endure the pain for our eternal life. Church, we need to think about that. The church needs to move on the faith of Christ and the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and not just day by day by day. Jesus secured the keys of death, hell, and the grave. The faith of the cross empowered Christ to bring eternal salvation to the church, and we become the church of Jesus Christ. The Bible says we have an anchor, you know, of our soul that's sure and steadfast because we can enter into the veil, in between the veil. Well, Because of the faith that held Jesus to the cross, we can have eternal life. I want to say this lovingly to the church of Christ today, that Christianity has taken for granted the suffering of Christ. They have taken for granted the holiness of Christ. And Christianity has leaned more to the world than they have to the Word of God. And we may be small in number. It's not about number, church. It's about the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we're able to go into between the veil and come into the presence of God. And we can be a church without spot or wrinkle ready for the kingdom of God to be revealed in this hour. Because of the faith of the cross. The faith of the cross. The faith of Christ to endure for our eternal salvation. You've got to understand that he was divine. He took on flesh. He had all the feelings of doubt and anxiety that we do. He had all of the thoughts that we do. And that's why he cried out and said, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? Because that's what we do in the midst of our turmoil. So he was just like us, except he endured. His faith endured, and he overcome. And he says in the book of Revelation, you will overcome by the word of God and by your testimony and by the blood of Jesus Christ. The church needs to become empowered with the Word of God, not with the worldly elements, but the Word of God. And the church of Jesus Christ fastly is moving into worldly things to build 
the church. But Jesus said, I will build the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So there will be churches that will fail because they have not let Jesus be the power. We want to be a church that does not fail. We want to be a church that has the faith of the cross in us. The final scripture today is what Jesus gave us by the faith that held him to the cross. Hebrews 10.20 We have a new and living way. Some of us don't feel like we have a new and living way. Some of us feel like we have a little bit of disappointment and turmoil and trouble. But the Bible says we have a new and living way that Jesus consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, through his flesh. And he is the high priest over the church. And he says, let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from the wrong things and our, and our flesh washed with his holiness. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. I don't know about you, church, but it's easy to waver. We don't, we don't go away from God, but we waver in our waiting. We waver in enduring. Sometimes we waver in commitment. But trust me, he is faithful who will bring us through victorious if we can stand the test and be proven by him. I pray that the church has the testimony of faith in these trying times, a faith that can endure suffering, a faith that can endure mocking, a faith that can endure scrutiny, a faith that can endure when, when our, you know, our families don't all serve the Lord and sometimes they look at us and they roll their eyes at us because... We, we talk about Jesus. And yesterday I had my, year, my yearly annual time to pray salvation into my family. We used to always gather my family and my mother would always, my brother would always say, let, let mama pray. And my mom would pray salvation. Now it's my turn because my mama's with Jesus. And I prayed and I said, Lord, may every member of my family come to know you as their personal Savior. I know they just have stress when I pray. But I want the power and the anointing of God to be revealed. I want, don't want to just say, bless this food. Who knows who cares about the food? I want to say, bless their soul that they might come to know Jesus. And we've got to have a testimony that we can endure the test of time. And we don't understand these things. We love God and we just press in. And why is this happening? But he is a God that's faithful, that promised. In faith we hear John say, Blessed are they that are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. He says, Worship God for the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. And John said, I saw heaven open." And behold, I saw the white horse. Church, there's animals in heaven. I saw the white horse, and he, said, and he that sat upon him was faithful and true. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. 
in your heartache, in your stress, in your anxiety, pick up the Word of God and He will see you through the crisis of your life. You may not like it. You may not feel good in it. You may hurt in it. You may be disappointed. But he that endures to the end is going to win the prize. I press for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And the church of Jesus Christ at large needs to press for God, not numbers, not entertainment. We need to press for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus that he might be lifted up and that we might have the faith of the cross in us to endure and come forth triumphant in him. There is no difficulty, and I say this from the depth of my heart because I feel difficulties, but there's no difficulty that's more power than the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. When God, when Jesus spoke in tongues, and it was a tongue, whatever tongue it was, He called upon, he said, my God, my God. The Spirit called upon God. If if you're baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, use your language against the powers of darkness because they have no understanding of what it means. And you'll be powerful in the Spirit to endure your difficulty in the time of trouble. Jesus' faith prevailed. It prevailed through pain. It prevailed through affliction. It prevailed through scoffing and mocking. As he hung in shame, they walked in front of him and and made light of his sacrifice. But let me tell you, the faith of Christ will prevail. Father, we thank you for the power of your word today. We thank you for the anointing of your Holy Ghost. We thank you, Lord, that you will bring us through as you have promised. Father God, that there is available for us commitment and endurance in you. We cannot do it in our flesh, but we can do it in you. We thank you, Lord, for your strength and your power and your faith that you give us. We ask, Lord, that this day as we receive the emblems of your body and the and blood, Father God, that we will be strengthened by your broken body, that we will be strengthened by your stripes that you bore for us, Father, that you will enable us, Father, to receive the cup, to receive the bread, to receive the expression of who you are because you left these emblems to be our power and our strength in this hour. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. I just ask this morning that you just meditate upon Christ as we prepare the cup and the bread for you today. Surely he bore our sorrows. Hallelujah. Sing it if you know it.
that Jesus took the bread he break it and he blessed it oh Jesus there is no blessing that we could give more powerful than your suffering and your commitment for us and your faith that held you to the cross that we might have eternal life we thank you for your broken body this morning father I pray that anyone who received who needs a touch of healing that they'll be healed by the power of your shed blood and your broken body. The Bible says he took the cup before supper and he took the cup after supper. And he blessed it and he said, this is the New Testament in my body which is shed for you. Thank you, Jesus, that we have the New Testament, that we are free of the law and we have peace and grace. We thank you for your shed blood today, Father God. We receive it with the knowledge that you are Lord and that through you we have eternal life. So may the saints come this morning, receive the emblems, take them to your seat, and we'll receive them, eat them together. Start over here, please, and come.
just worship the Lord for a moment. We just magnify you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your broken body. Thank you for your shed blood, O oh God. Strengthen our faith today as we receive these emblems, I pray. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. You are worthy, O oh God, to receive glory and honor and power and praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let us just sip and eat our bread and then drink the cup. benediction and the blessing this morning. Our Father, we worship and adore you. You have given to us in the New Testament generation a Savior. And Jesus, you are willing to give yourself for us, giving to us the power of the Holy Ghost to guide us and comfort us in the moments of our suffering. We give you the highest praise, Father. It rises from our hearts such praise is filled with our love and devotion. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. The cross is our greatest inspiration that we can hope to obtain. May we bear our cross. You are a faithful God. Bless your people today as they go forth in the power of your love and in the faith that you suffered for us. We ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And God's people said, 